Welcome to Solve This Murder. I'm your detective, Bill. And I am your crime scene criminal and witnesses, Danny. We're on part seven of The Rope and the Rich Kids. In part six, I found the missing rope, which had been hidden away in the high ropes course. He returned to his hotel room and began formulating his ideas on method and motive. And then in the morning, we got a call from camp informing us that Roman was being rushed to the hospital. Alright, so you pack yourself up, you hurry back to the camp. You said that you were staying only 20 minutes away. I swear that <laughs> yeah, wasn't... No, no. I swear it took you hours in episode one to get I there. Hadn't, but... I hadn't stayed yet. It took me hours to get there, then I got a hotel room minutes away. Alright, well, by the time you get back there, uh, there's a lot of traffic on the road, so it takes you like two hours. Oh no! Yeah, it sucks, really. <laughs> but basically, by the time you get to the camp, you notice that while Harriet is there, you don't see any sign of the kids. Okay, I don't see any kids. And she comes up and she goes, yep, look, the parents have all arrived this morning. They have taken their children back. Hmm. Obviously, if you need to, we can give you their contact details, anything like that. But uh, for now, Trenton obviously went to the hospital uh, with Roman. He was on breakfast duty. He saw the whole thing happen. It's just me and Maggie for now. Uh, hey, audience. Trenton was on breakfast duty when this kid got poisoned by breakfast? Mmm, interesting. Do you, know, do you know what happened? How did this happen? Surely you knew about Roman's dietary requirements. Of course, absolutely. And, uh, well, uh, after the first day, uh, he didn't fill out an allergy form. Uh, mm. So, yes, after the little scare, shall we say, on day one, uh, of course, I was perfectly aware and we, we stuck an EpiPen in the kitchen. We have ever since then. I made sure of it. I care for my students. Was it used on Roman? Uh, um... I, uh, from what I understand, it was misplaced. Misplaced? I ensured personally that it was put in there, and if it was not in there at the time that it was needed, then that is clearly putting somebody else at fault. Oh, my God, Harriet, yeah, sure. Hey, quick medical question. What happens if you use an EpiPen on someone who is not currently in anaphylactic shock? Not a crazy amount. The heart just goes real fast? Yeah. Doesn't put them into a coma where you can then no, asphyxiate them? not so. Dang. That's interesting. EpiPen possibly missing. I believe they just uh, very hurriedly shoved some antihistamines or whatever down his throat and then rushed him off and hoped that that would be enough. Mm, all right. So if this was an attempted murder, it could have happened at breakfast very easily and someone could have deliberately taken the EpiPen. People who knew where the EpiPen would have been, Trenton, Maggie, Harriet, very possibly Izzy, very possibly Roman, but weird that he would try and take his own <laughs> EpiPen away. So that's, that's interesting. That could have been, this could have been deliberate. Trenton, you say, rushed him to the hospital? Well, yes, he was the one on breakfast duty. Only made sense. Sure. Do we know that Roman's made it to the hospital? Probably not yet. Hospital's hours away. Okay. What were they serving for breakfast? Cereal. Crunchy nut cornflakes? No. Okay. That would have been foolish, and quite frankly, I would have judged him for not realising that. Oh, man, how did this... How did the nuts get in there? Maybe, maybe you can look at the cereal yourself. We haven't cleared anything up. Yeah, I might go have a look at what, what happened. All right. So you take a look at the cereal bowls. You find the one that is by far the least emptied out. You sort <laughs> sure. of assume that might be his. 
some of it is a little bit spilled over as if something had definitely gone wrong. You take a look at it, definitely doesn't look like the sort of cereal that would have nuts in it. What about underneath the top layer of cereal? You don't actually even have to go that far. There is something weird about the milk. Nut milk. It almost looks as though there's a tiny greasy layer on top of it. Oh, peanut oil. You go to look at some of the other bowls and even though they're the ones that are finished, you do see a similar slightly greasy sheen on the bowls. Oh, that's interesting. On the oh, Can I check out like where the milk came from? Can I go to the milk fridge? <laughs> sure. You head into the kitchen. You take a poke around, you try to find milk, you find an empty bottle in the bin. Same sort of thing going on there. Oh, so someone's put peanutness into the milk. If you keep doing a bit of a search around, you can find a bottle of peanut oil. It's about a quarter full. Oh, dang. Someone. Okay, so this was clearly a deliberate poisoning. Okay, peanut oil in the milk. So what does Roman know that someone wants to silence him? Because that's clearly what's happening here, right? After this first murder and after I've been talking to all the police, someone, some uh, Roman has suddenly been attacked. What if this is also a Winifred thing? Like we talked before in the last episode, I was like, oh, maybe Winifred, you know, she spreads these things that are lies and she fills in the gaps. And then she possibly creates this extra drama that means people think that like when Winnie talks about the Vicky blackmail... She embellishes so that Trenton and Izzy think it's about their relationship and they freak out. Maybe in the same way, I need to think, did I tell Winnie anything about what I knew from Roman? Because if she heard that I heard that like Roman was out the back and Roman was making this, that and the other, and you know, maybe she has, has spread some rumour that, oh yeah, yeah, the police guy was saying that Roman overheard a whole bunch of stuff and that he was outside right when the murder was happening and he saw people and, and he was there when some, and he found some shears and he found a... People might think that Roman knows more than he does and have acted against him based on bad information. It could lead back to Winifred again. Or maybe Roman knows more than I think. Because to me, I didn't get a huge amount from Roman. What did, I, what did he say? He talked about the party. He talked about truth or dare. Presumably he saw some stuff about the blackmail, but he didn't see the photo. He buried the bottles. Oh, yeah, Roman was burying something, burying some evidence. That's interesting. So what does Roman know or what do people think Roman knows? As you're doing all of this investigation, at some point you hear a car pull up and you recognise it. Uh, it's Detective Simba's car. Simba. Oh, uh, yes. I've heard about the uh, recent developments and uh, I've also come with some news from the lab. Oh, yes. News Not from the lab? Yeah. So uh, that phone... The oh, the phone! I've been waiting the whole series for this phone. Mm. Yeah, so uh, they they sent through uh, some pictures that apparently you wanted. Oh, yes, can I check these pictures? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, take a oh, look. Uh, meanwhile, Simba, I don't know, like, go check oh, out... No, no need, uh, I, I've got search warrants. Oh, good. I'm, I'm going to be going and I'm going to be searching everything well, there is to see here. Somebody, this was clearly an attempted murder because... Understood. Oh, fine, all right. <laughs> Thanks, Simba. <laughs> All right, uh, let's check out this phone picture. All right. You go through. There were a frustrating number of photos, but luckily you can tell immediately which ones to dismiss, and it's very easy for you to find the one that people are talking about. Yes, it is, with this plastic bag being ha held across. Yeah, it's incredibly clear. It is two shady-looking old men passing a bag between them. Now, 
you take a look at this bag and look, you have a bit more experience with these things than the 16-year-old children. Mm -hmm, Of course. That sort of bag, that sort of packaging that it is in, you can just sort of tell from its shape. This isn't like a brick of cocaine or something. Sure. This is a proper sealed package that tends to be happen when distributing liquids, vials, that sorts of thing. Liquids? And you, you've most commonly seen that sort of packaging in steroid busts. Oh, steroids. Oh, wait a minute. Maggie's a former Olympian. Chelsea is a, is a hopeful Olympian. Mm. Is there some connection then to shady deals going on here at this camp in terms of steroids and things like that? Maggie's a former Olympian. She's not currently trying to compete or she... She is a former junior Olympian. Oh, but possibly a future senior Olympian. These are clearly two, two men? Yes. Do I recognise either of them? Does either no. of them look like it could be Trenton or... You don't, and you assume that people at the lab are going to be trying to seek out these people and trying to figure out who they are, but you do not recognise them at all. Interesting. And, yeah, no, it's not like one of them looks close enough, like, that must be Trenton's father. <laughs> That's Trenton Senior. <laughs> you do not spot that. Newark. <laughs> um, okay, so this adds another element to it. Well, I still like this aspect of Winifred having embellished these things so they don't necessarily have to relate specifically, but maybe in her description of what this is, someone like Maggie may have said, oh, what, Vicky has photos of secret steroid deals going on? I'm doing secret steroid deals. Or Trenton is. Okay, so it looks to me like this, this, this link is Winifred. You said I got contact details for all of them, right? Yep. Maybe I should contact Winifred. Mm. What year is this? All right, she picks up and it clearly sounds like she's still in a moving car. Hi? Hi, Winnie. It's me, your boy, Bill Billingham. Whoa, this got close real far. Okay, yes. Sorry. Judy calls. Yes, how can I help? That's right. Is this about the tragedy of this morning? Uh, well, partly. Do you know if anyone would have wanted to hurt Roman? Oh, goodness. It's, it's all too real, but I can only assume that it has something to do with the secret that he was grappling with. The secret? What secret was Roman grappling with? Oh, it was just last night, just after dinner. He, he seemed so unsure of himself, much in the same way that Vicky seemed unsure of herself. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, thanks, Winnie. He, he told me, he told me personally that he was grappling with something because he wasn't sure if it was relevant or not, but he had witnessed something. He thought that he had heard rumour of something that had gone down between a younger woman and an older man. Ah. Some sort of clandestine meeting. Sure. Okay. He, he said he wasn't sure whether he should call you about it or whether it was totally irrelevant. All right. Now, and did you tell anybody else about this possible secret that Roman had? Oh. Did you let it slip at all? I would do no such thing. Winnie. Except to my friends and others. My friends and camp counsellors is the only people I would share these secrets with. I may have been... 
a bit more vocal than I should have when I told him about the value of airing things out and making sure that everyone gets to know everything. It's possible that others might have heard. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. Bloody hell. Okay, so, already, this links straight back to the Trent and Izzy connection. If the thing that Winifred is... is revealing about Roman's secrets is that he saw some clandestine activities between a... <clears throat> um, I'm sorry. This is Harriet who... Oh, what? Down, so, sorry to interrupt. Uh, you look like you're very deep in thought. I feel like there's something I should share with you. It's just just happened. Roman never made it to the hospital? Oh, Trenton God. Trenton has killed him? No, God, absolutely not. Goodness, what do you think of me? Uh, look, no, I just received an email. Okay. And I don't know who it's from. I don't know what it is. It's just a it's a picture. Oh, no. What is it a picture of? You follow her to her office. You take a look at the computer. Harriet draws the gun. <laughs> You've gotten too close, detective. <laughs> she starts to open it up again. The picture takes a while loading. And as she's doing so, Detective Simba walks in. Oh, my hey, gosh. Everybody's having uh, a party. In the middle of something. Here are you. <laughs> uh Look, I just thought I should let you know um, we, we found something. What did you find, Sambo? We found the EpiPen. Oh, yes. Where was it? Well, Wait, let me guess. Oh, why did I set that up? It was in Izzy's bag. Well, no, no. I mean, the students have taken their belongings with them. It was them. in Trenton's bag. N- no, I don't... It was in Maggie's bag. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Not only that, we found... So a suspicious rolled-up pair of socks. They they had mud in the inside of them. That seems weird, right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. As you're doing that, Maggie had no mud on her shoes. She had mud socks. She was sneaking around. As you're doing that, the picture loads. Oh, <laughs> so much! I love it. <laughs> the picture loads. And it is a semi-old picture. Looks like it's maybe 10 years old. Oh, wait! The clandestine meeting between young woman and older man. Does Maggie think this is from her past when she was a young woman with an older man? That's what she's... Not about the current thing. She thinks this is a surface... A story resurfacing from her past. Because my thought there was like it had to link to Trenton and Izzy because... They're the only older man and younger woman that exist. No one's an older man than Maggie, but maybe it's from her past. Wild. Let's see what this picture is. It does indeed look like it is from some old, very fancy sports meet. And while they have absolutely no connection Former Junior Olympian. in the she photo. She was using steroids back then. While they have absolutely no connection whatsoever in the photo, they are extremely far apart. They don't look like they are anywhere near each other. Maggie is definitely in this photo in a young teenage form and someone who looks remarkably like one of the people from your oh, steroid photo. Okay, okay, hold on. This is it. This is it. This is, all, this is, it. This is how it all comes together. Hold on. Back. Okay, so hold on. This is all because of Winifred. It's all her fault. She's the murderer, but she didn't do any murdering. We know Vicky has, a, has it out for Maggie. Maggie and Vicky don't get along. Maggie thinks Vicky is trying to destroy her, right? They already have this setup where Maggie caught them partying. Vicky was then like, oh, I'm going to ruin your career, Maggie, by, by protesting and doing all that at the high ropes course. 
Maggie didn't like this. Maggie was ready to resign. She felt like her career in, in this was already ruined by Vicky. So she would believe that Vicky was out to get her. She knows how vindictive Vicky was. Meanwhile, Vicky has her blackmailing thing with the students, right? Shows them, oh, I've got a picture of an old man doing a thing. I've been withholding evidence and, and blackmailing people about this thing. Part of him passing a bag to each other. Winifred started spreading rumours about this because that's what she does. She enjoys the, the talking about these things and filling in the, the, the gaps. Maggie overheard this and realised that this may be a connection to her past. She was an Olympian, but she may have been using steroids the entire time. Right? If this was someone passing a bag of steroids across to someone that she knew, and apparently this email confirms she did know these people, that may be in her trainer or her whatever, an older man that she was in a relationship with, I don't know, who was helping her cheat the system as an Olympian. If this got out, it could take away all of her past achievements and future achievements and destroy her life. She would not put it past Vicky to use that information. She already has this fractured history with Vicky and she doesn't like her and she knows Vicky doesn't like her. So she freaks out. She grabs Vicky after the party. Maggie knows about Trenton and Izzy or at least suspects. So she knows that when Trenton leaves on his secret rendezvous, Izzy will also be out of her cabin. How does she know that? She knows that because... Why does she know that? I'm assuming she just does because, I don't know, she's in on the goss. Winnie told her? Is she super good friends with Winnie? Uh, did she find out at the party? Okay, well, maybe she doesn't. Because my thought was that was why she would then go and, like, and get Vicky... At night, because she knew that Izzy wouldn't be around to be in the way. Yeah, no, that's... If Maggie wasn't working that evening, she could have gone to try and get Vicky. But how would she have known that Izzy wasn't... Like, Trenton could have known that Izzy wasn't in there, or, or like, they could have organised that together. Maybe Maggie wouldn't have known that? Because otherwise, it, like, if she knew... If she could do this to Vicky... As a way of silencing Vicky, and then she hears later that Roman knows something about some secret between a younger woman and their older male man. Like she might think this is a continuation of, oh, Roman also knows about my past as a young woman who was with an older man and doing all this steroid stuff, and conflated those two stories together, and then conspired because she has access to the kitchen and she knows about Roman's allergy. I'm I don't know if she was working breakfast the time that that happened but she very well may have been either way she'd know and she could then add the peanut oil to the milk to get roman in trouble and she took the EpiPen to make sure that it would be something that can't get easily remedied that he'd have to at least go to hospital for a while if not die that it's at least attempted hospitalization well achieved hospitalization if not attempted murder to protect her secret but who did she kill Vicky? Were there more people working together? That I don't know. Oh, and then Well, actually, that's that's a very reasonable question. We just got an email basically showing that Maggie did this. Who sent the email? Is there any way to We can't trace the email, obviously. That that wouldn't be much of a murder mystery. That'd just be <laughs> using tech to solve my problems. Who would have sent an email? Who could right now? Not Vicky. True. She's dead. Could it be Winnie? Is she more 
nefariously involved than I thought? Could it be Chelsea? Could Chelsea be involved with this? Her parents were. Were they Olympians? Yeah. Is there, would, they, would they have been Olympians around a similar time to Maggie being a junior Olympian? Oh, probably not. That seems like a, they would have gone back a little bit further than that. Yeah. But I will say uh, that dude in the drug deal photos, not young. Chelsea could have been involved or her parents could have been involved. Maybe this guy was a long-term steroid user. But why would Chelsea want to then expose Maggie? Unless it was a way to frame Maggie when she's not involved. Oh, it's right there. It's on the tip of my face. Like, it's so close to coalescing into a full solution. What am I missing? I'm looking at my red strings and it's not helping. The other thing that's sitting on my red string board is the word rope tied to almost nothing. Because this rope was involved in the murder. She was tied up before she was asphyxiated. Presumably just so she wouldn't fight against her. I don't really... I, I, I guess. The rope came from the boat area. But it was also the fact that the rope was cut that meant the boats were like starting to float away. So if it had been gone for days, the boats would have gone. You know, like, it feels like it had to have been taken right at the moment it was used. Then the rope later on was found again, having been hidden in the high ropes course, which means at some point after Vicky died, but before she was discovered, because she wasn't discovered with the rope on her, well, to my knowledge, the rope was taken and put back in the high ropes course. Now that doesn't really restrict anybody from having done that because everyone's fairly familiar with where the high ropes course is, but was anyone's movement restricted? Like the kids, I mean, ostensibly they were in bed, but they could have just gotten up and done a murder and then taken the rope away. And what's the only thing that makes us know whether or not that happened, where the kids did get up and go around? Oh, mud shoes? Not just mud shoes. But what else? Everyone's got a cabin mate. True, everyone does have a cabin mate. So if any other kid got up and left and, and went and did a murder, they would either have been noticed by their cabin mate and therefore couldn't have done it, or they're in cahoots with their cabin mate. Which means if it was Roman, it would have had to be Ramon as well. If it was Winnie, it would have had to be Chelsea as well. Izzy, however, could have done all of this. There's also still the thing of how would Izzy not have noticed all this happening? She had to either be not in her cabin or she had to have been involved in it and didn't care about it. And she's lying about not noticing it. If she wasn't in her cabin... We know she wasn't in her cabin. Because she was with Trenton. So again, we get to either Trenton and Izzy are in cahoots about it together or it was somebody else who left their own cabin to go and do this thing to Vicky. Harriet doesn't have a cabin, mate. But Harriet also led me directly to where the rope was hidden. No, there's, there's no way. The only motive Harriet has for murder is to avoid bad press for the camp due to blackmail and re revelations of their camp counsellors having used steroids or having relationships with children. They're None of that is as bad as murder. Murder, right? murder is clearly worse than any of that. So Harriet is off the hook in terms of there's no, there's no motive that would make her do this. Maybe a motive to help her cover stuff up, but definitely not to do it. And at this point, the only cover-up is there's, you can't cover up the fact that there was a murder. So Harriet, I can't imagine, did this. Maggie was definitely going around in the mud at some point. She has the mud socks. 
that to me implies that she was walking out in the mud or someone stole her socks to put them on the outside of their own shoes and sneak around with mudless shoes. Should you ask Maggie what is going on? She's getting pulled out in handcuffs for, at the very least, trying to kill Roman. Sure. She's going to say she had nothing to do with that and that's not hers. Not her socks? Mm-hmm. In addition... I feel like you went through the counsellor's bag way back on day one. And I didn't find... No, it was nothing like that. So is someone deliberately trying to frame Maggie? Put muddy shoes in her bag? Send an email of her dealing with one of the people who was on Vicky's phone? Is this all the big Maggie setup? So then it's just who could have done this? Winifred had a moment of waking up in the middle of the night and heard people sneaking around. But presumably she would have therefore been able to hear if like Chelsea was leaving and coming back in. So I don't think that indicates that, her, that Chelsea was out of the cabin doing murder. Roman and Ramon don't seem to get along well enough to do a murder together. Okay, so hold on a second. Winifred's spreading all this drama. Chelsea and Winnie are super close. They love each other. They could be in cahoots to do a murder together. Chelsea has an Olympic connection and also spent a lot of time with Maggie and with Trenton asking lots of questions. But why would they kill Vicky? They could hear when people, when Trenton and Izzy were coming back, they knew possibly that that meant Trenton and Izzy were together and Vicky was alone in her cabin. So they knew when there was time to do it. Chelsea had muddy shoes. And when I asked her, she was just like, oh yeah, just like mud. To completely so get out of here. Winnie could be keeping an ear out. You might, her shoes were only lightly muddy. But, I mean, if you've got socks to travel in and then you place them in Maggie's to help add more evidence to her, like... I'll also be suggesting, if this only just happened and the mud was on the inside of socks, they could have been wearing those socks at any point when you investigated. True. I checked their shoes, I didn't check their socks, like a fool! And certainly not the insides of their socks. So the question then, Chelsea, we already know, knows how to get into the kitchen to do whatever she wants because she went and broke into the kitchen and the fridge to steal back the alcohol for the party. So she knows where things are in the fridge. She knows if there's oil, she could formulate a plan based on on getting rid of Roman. They saw the initial picture. And it's a sports guy giving steroids to other sports people, at least since Maggie was a junior Olympian and possibly before that. Mm. He seemed like an older guy, right? Yes, yes. It does make sense that Chelsea could have a photo like that. She's tied up with with Olympic stuff. Maybe it's a photo. Maybe she didn't even, like, it could be a photo her parents had on hand. And we always said from the beginning that these sorts of murders may be related to the family conflict. Okay, so does this mean that Chelsea is worried about Vicky revealing something about her family and her parents? Who's to say not her as well? Or her as well. Chelsea wants to be an Olympian. She wants to be sporty. She wants to be... She might be taking steroids. Vicky might reveal something that could throw off her entire future career. Possibly also her parents' legacy. She may have seen this picture and recognised who this person was. We've already seen him distributing steroids to junior Olympians in the past or being associated with junior Olympians. Maybe there's also an association between him and Chelsea. And if there's still an association between him and Chelsea, maybe when she heard from Winifred about Romans knows something about a woman and an older man, she thought it could have been related to her as well. Not about the Izzy Trenton, but about Chelsea and this mysterious steroid man. So she kills Vicky for having the photo and thinking that she might blackmail them. I mean, for all we know, Winifred as well could be influencing, like, we know Winifred has this whole, like, super specificity and gossipy stuff and and filling in the blanks of this information. 
she could also be doing that to Chelsea. Not deliberately, but like fueling Chelsea's fear about what might happen. That's what Winifred loves to do. Yeah, the tricky part is going to be there. Knowing how much did Winnie know? Was she a part of this? Or was she just covering for a really good friend? I don't think Winnie knew much. I don't, I don't think Winnie was involved in this murder. I think she was at the very least party to it. Maybe I can call, maybe she'll, maybe she'll confess. Uh, maybe, Wait, you don't think she knew much, but she was party to it? I think maybe she, 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 she covered for Chelsea being out. Okay. I don't think she was like, yeah, Chelsea did a murder, blah, blah, blah. I mm. think she was just like, oh, I don't want to get my friend in trouble. Cool. I reckon that's the go, the go. I reckon I call Winifred again. Yeah, yeah, hi. Sorry, did we forget something? Yeah, Winifred, I want to talk to you privately. Um, I mean, I'm assuming no one can overhear. Uh, sorry. Um, click. I'll get out of here. All right. Uh, that, was, that was Danny miming, putting up the uh, divider between her and her driver. God, rich oh, kids. Oh, please, it's my parents. <laughs> we just have lots of dividers. <laughs> We love dividers. We're a very divisive family. Winifred, mm-hmm. I know you were very nice Aww. to your friend Chelsea. Aww. But this is important. Uh-huh. I know she left your cabin on the night of the murder. What? You don't have to lie for her, Winifred. She went out. She left. What happened? When was that? What did, why, why didn't you tell me? I, look, she really, she's really dedicated to her exercise, so sometimes at, like, midnight or whatever, she goes out for a quick run or something. It's, it's not only innocent, it's commendable. And the fact that something like that might put some suspicion on her, well, that's just heartbreaking. I, like... No way, we couldn't have that. Besides, look, I told you, there was some suspicious stuff going on next door. Like, it couldn't be more obvious that whatever is happening is to do with those counsellors. Okay, well now I know. I've got it confirmed by Winifred. Chelsea left. She said she was going on a, on a run in the evening. She went out, and that gives her the ability to go and do this murder. She knows where the boats are. She knows where the... Presumably she knows where the tools are. They're not, they weren't exactly hidden. Just a tool shed that wasn't locked. And you've been going on the assumption that all information has been coming through Izzy from Trenton. Who is the other suck-up? True. Chelsea is a huge suck-up to both Maggie and Trenton. And we, and we know she's been in the kitchen, so she can do the Roman murder, because she knows how everything's set up in there. She knows how to get in. She knows where oil is and milk is. Not only that, she very much tried to set up a potential covering of her tracks just in case Winnie didn't follow the plan by saying, oh, no, I mean, she's great, but you can't trust her. True, she threw doubt onto Winnie. Right in front of her face. Right in front of her face. Poor Winnie. All right, I think that's it. Hold on, all right. We need to get someone to arrest Chelsea. I'm going to call Simba. Oh, no, I'm going to call call Simba. He's here. He's like two feet away. This saves me having to do the the phone call effect. (laughs) Oh, good. Simba. Yeah, you've been deep in thought for quite some time now. You went off to call someone. Uh, Yeah, what's, what's going on? I know who did the murders. Well, the murder and the attempted murder. Oh, fantastic. On the night of the party... Party. Sorry, you're going to have to start from the beginning. There was a party. Mm-hmm. And at this party, they played Truth or Dare, and Vicky showed a photo, this photo, of a clear, what oh, I can see... Oh, that's a steroid deal. Steroid deal. Seen a million. Two of the students who saw this providing the steroid. And at this point, she was worried that this blackmail would come back to haunt her. She knew Vicky was vindictive. That's what the VI and Vicky stand for. 
and she was worried that if this truth came out, whether to harm Chelsea herself or just innocuously, Chelsea would be implicated, possibly her parents as well. This man may have been dealing steroids for a long time to Olympic athletes. So she set about on her plan. She needed Vicky silenced. After the party finished, she went back and she set up with Winifred, her friend, that she was going to go out for a run. Not suspicious at all, knowing that in the spirit of friendship, Winifred would keep that quiet from anybody who asked strange questions later. Chelsea was also very close with both both the counsellors and Winifred, who knew everything about everybody. So she knew that Trenton and Izzy had been meeting up at night and that Vicky's cabin would be empty bar one Vicky. So Chelsea went out for her run. First, she needed something to make sure that this would go smoothly. So she went to the tool shed, grabbed a pair of secateurs or shears. Unlocked, obviously. Unlocked. We know that the, the shed isn't, isn't locked and it's in clear view. She grabbed the, the secateurs, went down to the boats, cut free a length of rope that she could use to secure Vicky's hands to make this whole process easier. But of course, that would involve going through mud. It would. Chelsea was worried about that, so took her shoes off. Yeah, that was nice and easy. She cares about her shoes. <laughs> she does care about her <laughs> shoes. Took her shoes off, walked through the mud that way, which is why we never found the mud on her shoes. But she is the owner of the socks. If you check for, for leg hair inside those <laughs> socks, you'll find that it matches Chelsea's DNA. She obtained this rope, returned to the cabin, used it to tie up Vicky's arms so she couldn't struggle, put her shoes back on so not to, to traipse mud into the cabin. And at this point, there was no one to see her. She knew the party was over and everyone was back in their own cabins, except for Izzy, who was still out with Trenton. She killed Vicky. And then she needed to hide the rope so that it was less obvious that Vicky had been killed. Ideally, hopefully, she may have even been hoping people didn't know it was a murder. I don't know if she knows much about how murders are discovered, but leaving a girl asphyxiated in, in her bed, maybe people could have thought she died of something of, of, without being killed in a struggle. That was your first thought. You first wondered if she'd been poisoned. Yeah. Chelsea then took the rope, went back and hid it, where she'd seen ropes all bundled up before after having done the high ropes course. She's athletic enough to get up there fairly confidently, climbed up, tied the rope back in and hoped that no one would discover it. Little did she know that Trenton would be looking for this rope the next day and I would end up finding it on the high ropes course. Yeah, she didn't think Harriet would be cutting corners in that particular way. Mm. She went back and she thought everything was fine. However, after that, she heard from resident gossip monger Winifred that Roman was struggling with something he knew, something he thought could have been relevant about a younger woman and an older man. And Chelsea thought perhaps this could implicate her. She being the younger woman receiving steroids from this older man who was in this picture, who was involved in the whole case, she got nervous. And it could be that Winifred fueled that. Winifred liked filling in extra details. She may have accidentally made Chelsea believe that this tied directly to her issue. But so what was Roman talking about? Roman was talking about Noma, Izzy and Trenton. He had been right in the woods, right had, near them. Yeah, he was being the owl, serenading their, <laughs> their illicit relationship. Uh, and as that owl, he was wise enough to know that he should tell the police. Chelsea misunderstood and decided... And you that, got a phone call last night? Oh, the phone call I got last night was from Roman? Thinking he wanted to tell me, but he wasn't sure, so he hung up. Well, you also just missed the call. I missed the call. But he didn't leave a message because he was unsure of what to say. So he was ready to tell me about this. I already knew, of course. <laughs> Such a good detective. 
but he was clearly going to spill something. Chelsea thought it was it was going to implicate her, so she went to the kitchen and laced the milk with peanut oil, knowing that all the other students wouldn't be affected. It may not even notice, but Roman might die. An attempted murder that didn't go as planned. Trenton took Roman to the hospital, and as long as, and the fact that Roman is not currently murdered in a car implies that Trenton wasn't involved in all this. He wouldn't try and kill Roman and then take him to the hospital. Maggie was then set up. Chelsea knew there was a connection to Maggie. And now that the police were here, she needed to get them off her tail. She sent the email linking Maggie to the older man to give her a motive. Put the EpiPen in Maggie's bag and hid her muddy socks in Maggie's room as well, which weren't there when we first checked, but were there on a second look because Chelsea was planting new evidence to try and implicate Maggie in this whole thing. Yeah, it's a shame. She probably properly looked up to Maggie, but if you've got to have a fall guy, you go with the easy option. So if you could uh, get your officers to go and arrest Chelsea, um, and uh, when you do, uh, what I'd like you to do is I've got a phone here. If you could quickly call up whoever that woman was in the very first one of these mysteries and just have her say on time, uh, you got played. <laughs> um, that's, uh, she, she does this. I give her $100 every time. It's just a, a gig that she does now. It's part of her side hustle. Uh, but if you could just have her then play that message, has to be live. So, so actually... Call her up and she'll say, you got played to Chelsea. Sure, sure. This all makes total sense and is absolutely by the book. You see my contacts as played, girl. Oh, man. These things, you, you don't expect this to come of teenagers, do you? No. No, it's a sad tale. I'm going to sing it anyway. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of our network, Consume This Media. To find out more about this show and other shows that we do, head to consumethismedia.com. For questions, queries and theories, you can send us an email at solvethismurderpod at gmail.com. Thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt from Advanced Sage Russian Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thank you for listening. Need an epilogue. Sudden, the epi- the epilogue is, is Winnie crying. Okay. No. <laughs> we see we see Chelsea in prison. Flash flash forward. Chelsea's in prison in an orange jumpsuit. Her hands cuffed together. She's sitting there, and then suddenly the camera zooms in close to her face, and she says, "This isn't the last you've heard of me, Bill Billingham. This isn't the last you've heard of me." Because my parents like hired Izzy's parents to be my lawyers, and you know I'm only 16, so it's all gonna get wiped in two years anyway. Two days later, Bill Billingham is at his breakfast, and he looks down into his milk. He suddenly sees an oily sheen. <laughs> Zoom to the kitchen, you see a pair of eyes flash in the dark. Uh, all right, brilliant. Good epilogue.